So welcome, welcome back. I am Chris Spinner and you're in the Wish House. And I did mention that soon I would share the story about why we call my home the Wish House, but I've decided to save that for April and I'll tell you why. It is my son, Anthony, who inadvertently gave our home that nickname. April is Autism Awareness Month and Anthony is autistic. So I will be saving that explanation until then. And I will be sharing some stories about our journey in the month of April, so stay tuned. But for today, we are going to be picking up right where we left off. I have my coffee, so let's go. And if I remember correctly, at the end of the last episode, there was a cliffhanger and an assignment. Did you take a little time to do that assignment? It was simply to sit and think about what your best life looks like in your mind. You know, your best life doesn't mean a complete upheaval of your everyday existence. I mean, it can be. Whatever feels like best to you is best. But living your best life can be as simple as rediscovering something inside of yourself that you want or that you need. I'll give you a quick example. You've always had a dream to write a blog about gardening. And for reasons that we're going to chat about today, you've never done it. But when you did the assignment, you envisioned yourself at a desk writing your tips about gardening, sharing your knowledge with the gardening community. And so you do. And as you go along, it makes you feel more fulfilled. And you become a more interesting conversationalist and get invited to speak at local gardening groups. And you feel more confident. And that affects your relationship in very positive ways. Wink, wink. And you decide for the first time in your life to join a travel group and you book a flight to Holland to see the tulips. See how it works? Best life. It's not magic. It takes work to excavate, discover, and rediscover. But as you become more authentically you, that authenticity attracts what is right for your life. And it feels really aligned and comfortable. And it's your best life. Now let's go to the cliffhanger. I'm going to go back and give you the sentences that come right before the question. So I was sharing with you that in my world, everything is for the taking and you can be whoever you want to be and think however you want to think and experience life however you want to experience it. Nothing is limited to you as long as you're willing to give yourself the time to align with your authentic self, which leads to creating what you want life to feel like. Allow yourself to make changes, I said. You're allowed to change your mind along the way. And then I said, but you know what I'm finding out? And now I'm going to tell you what I'm finding out. I'm finding out that most of the time as we move through the journey, the change is not a changing of our mind to something new that we've discovered or want to embark upon. It's that we are finally finding the courage in this new moment to know and say out loud, what we've always wanted, and now feel as if we're ready to give permission to ourselves to want it. And then we have to convince ourselves that we can have it, live it, achieve it, yep, experience our best life. So did you hear that? I'm contending that as we move along life's journey, many times when we hit a spot where we're feeling unfulfilled, we can find ourselves thinking that we need a change. And we feel as if we've discovered something new that we feel aligned to and feel drawn to quest toward. 
to attempt it, to experience it, even to reinvent ourselves. But I'm saying that in those moments, those discoveries are actually rediscoveries of our truth, our core, our authentic selves that we somehow have lost along the way. And why is that? Well, usually through conditioning and no fault of our own, we have allowed outside forces to dictate our path. But the good news is we can begin our authentic path again at any time. Okay, so what the heck does all of this mean? I'm going to decipher it. Stick with me. I'm going to give you some food for thought, some tangible examples. So let's go back to young childhood. Remember when you were asked around, say, age four, what you wanted to be when you grow up? I mean, that's such a silly question anyway. Michelle Obama said that's the worst question you can ask a child. In her memoir, Becoming, she says, growing up is not finite. One is always becoming who they are meant to be. So see, good news. Regardless, how did you answer this question? Well, I'm going to tell you how you answered this question, because this is how most four-year-old children answer that question, with a litany of occupations and creative experiences. For instance, I'm going to be an astronaut and a ballet dancer and a princess, and I'm going to have 10 kids, and they're going to build a house on the beach, and we're going to go swimming with the whales. To which the adult says, that sounds great. Can I come and swim with the whales too? Now, come on. I know you're laughing because it's so true. But in just two years, when the child is around six and on their way to first grade, we're not encouraging those plans in totality anymore. We start to chip away at that active imagination and the message is beginning to be conveyed that you cannot be an astronaut, a princess, and a ballet dancer at the same time. But what you can do is try to read a chapter book, because if you can just soar a little bit ahead of your classmates, this will bode well for you in your future. You know, the one where you can't be an astronaut, a princess, and a ballet dancer. The message is clear moving through childhood. Dreams are frivolous and fun, but they're for little kids. You're growing into a big kid, and you need to have big kid aspirations. Code four, stick with me, kid. I got you and I won't steer you wrong. But we are steered wrong. Somewhere along the line, most of us fall prey to societal and cultural ideas that we buy into because everybody else is doing it. We actually consider them rites of passage. We become very aware of how we should look, how we should think, what friends we should have, what styles we should wear, what grades we need to get, what ideas are supported by our parents, our teachers, our mentors, our community at large. We're becoming aware of what's considered idealistic and what constitutes stable thinking. So from a young age, all of this is slowly chipping away at our own authenticity, our own ideas, our own courage of thought and deed. Somewhere along the way, we come to believe that who we are and what we want needs to fit with what's normalized around us. And most of us were raised in an unquestioning culture or environment. So we fall in line because we've not only been conditioned for two decades prior to young adulthood, but there are celebrations around the actualized conditions. What does that mean? I'll give you a quick example. Let's talk relationships. 
Have you ever noticed how much credence we give to being in a romantic relationship in this society? It's part of our DNA. It's second nature. Now think about how many times you have asked or heard someone ask a young person if they have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. It's strongest with girls. I'll tell you, I've recently made a concerted effort not to do that, not to ask a young person if they have a significant other. First of all, it's not my business. And second of all, that's not an accomplishment. In older generations, it's a huge thing. My mother always wants to know relationship status of everyone. And people will say, oh, that's old fashioned. That doesn't happen anymore. Okay. Think about how many times you have said or heard someone refer to children's friends as a boyfriend or girlfriend. Picture this, as Sophia on The Golden Girls says, two young moms raising their same age kids, one girl, one boy, toddlers in the playground, and one mom will say, here, honey, give this sand pail to your girlfriend. Your girlfriend. It's a thing. Relationships are a badge of honor. Conditioning. Now, don't get me wrong. I love relationships. I'm pro-relationship. There's nothing more wonderful than to connect with the right person at the right time and decide to travel the road together. Totally great. But I don't want to sit on relationships today. That's another day. I'm simply using relationships as an example for this conversation. But then there's so much to say, it kind of snowballs. But think about it. How many of us chose relationships without knowing ourselves and without even knowing that we didn't know ourselves? How many felt the joy of our parents, of our family, of our friends when we announced that we had a partner? How many celebrations are held because you got a partner? If you think about it in the traditional sense, the amount of money being spent celebrating that engagement parties, last hurrah of being single parties, showers, weddings, dinners, receptions, trips. It's astronomical. It's no wonder so many young people, so many young girls are scurrying to get the partner, focusing on that as a goal and losing themselves in the quest. And we're encouraging that. We're celebrating that because that's how we experienced it. And because society at large and family at small makes this such a priority It's no wonder that many of us fall into these kind of choices, thinking they will be an answer to our happiness, thinking that these choices will put us in a place where we can uncover our authentic selves. And they're not. It's the cart before the horse. Conditioning. But the good news is like the maps in the malls that say, you are here. If you are here, then today's the day to do a little digging do a little excavating, do a little creating in the garden of your mind and begin to actualize your authentic self, your best life, unconditioned. So here's the mindset. We need to normalize getting to know ourselves first and foremost, accepting ourselves, enjoying ourselves, loving ourselves first and foremost hearing ourselves, listening to what we need, listening to what we want, giving ourselves the time to discover who we are and what is our authentic purpose. And once we do that, the rest of the choices will come easy 
and we will attract what's for us, what feels comfortable to us, what is aligned with us. And once that true love of self is actualized, we simply wouldn't be able to take anything in that wasn't for us. Not a partner, not a job, not an experience, because we wouldn't be able to settle for something that's not for us, that's not going to create our best life. When we say we're not going to settle, it doesn't mean that someone or something is below us. It means that someone or something isn't in our alignment. It doesn't click with us. It could click with someone else that's in that similar vibration, but it doesn't click with us. And here's another great perk of loving and knowing ourselves. Once true love of self is actualized, then the detours that we encounter on the road won't feel as completely overwhelming to navigate because we will know ourselves better and believe in our capabilities with so much more confidence. Doesn't mean it's going to be easier, simply means we're going to feel more adept more often. But none of this is easy, because if I ask you if you love yourself, you're going to say yes. We think we cherish ourselves. We think we hold ourselves in high regard. We believe that we communicate our value to others. We think we love ourselves. But I'm going to go to the easiest grab and give you one quick superficial example. How many don't like to look at themselves in the mirror? How many say things like, I'd like to wear that, but I can't? What does that even mean? Conditioning. See, most of us can't even pass that little I love myself test. And if we can't pass that little test, how are we going to have the confidence to start creating our best life? So it's time to love ourselves, time to get to know ourselves, time to understand that we were wonderfully made with our own talent, our own gifts, with our own goods. And to deny ourselves to ourselves won't give us that incredibly free feeling of our best life. So if this mindset wasn't a thing for you growing up, if this mindset feels new to you, then let's start. We're going to give ourselves the first step of that gift right now. Begin with patience and kindness toward yourself. And then we're going to take this first step and you're going to love it. Treat yourself. Get to know what you like and give it to yourself. You're going to start liking yourself in the way you like others and you're going to start showing yourself that. For the first time ever, I have been treating myself to what I want with no guilt. If I want it, I get it. And I've been doing this since the start of the pandemic. So I'll give you an example of something that carries a little more emotional or psychological weight. I've been in the process of creating a space in my bedroom that is uniquely me. A space that nourishes my soul and keeps me grounded. I recently began a new morning ritual of having coffee in bed with my headboard twinkle lights on. I have silk pillowcases and bedding that makes me feel like I sleep in a cloud and artwork that speaks to me about the woman I am unabashedly. It's an outward reflection of my personal, intimate self. And I gave myself permission to create and say, that's okay. I'm okay. And it gave me confidence. So you know what's funny? I was FaceTiming with a friend 
and she saw my lights and some artwork and she began teasing me about it like, you're in your boudoir and who are those lights for? And while it was all in good fun, I could hear the uneasiness in her voice. I could hear a fear inside the joking. My willingness to create made her uncomfortable in her own discovery of my authenticity and perhaps a little envious of not knowing her own self better. And you're going to find that too. When you start stepping into your own power, people that have known the uncourageous version of you or people to whom you have only shown the uncourageous version of you, they're going to feel something about that. Ah, but there's always upheaval. But you got this. You're confident. You're the cat's meow. So take that action step. Treat yourself. Get to know yourself. Tell yourself you are unique and move toward that one thing that will give you joy that will set you on the path to your best life. Give yourself a hug. Put that outfit on. Create that project. Take a chance. And let's give ourselves some unconditional love by unconditioning ourselves. See you next time.